Hello everyone, this is the Dead Pixels of the Internet bringing you your ASIN 2018 podcast review. Yes. And this is your host Joe. And Lauren. So yeah, so ASIN 2018 was the past weekend and we enjoyed ourselves immensely. Oh yes, and we did. Like we had fun. We'd like to thank the ASIN Press for giving us this opportunity once again. They're very nice and they seem to just, you know enjoy our company all the time because now they just recognize us yes <laughs> which i'm like yeah, yeah i should tell you already i'm like yeah it's me joe <laughs> mm-hmm. and lauren so. and lauren mm-hmm. and then they were just like oh yeah the, so we got you guys here all right cool and we were the first there <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is a first for us <laughs> usually we're like fifth or sixth in terms of like showing up for getting our badges but we're like we're here early because we love you guys yep <laughs> but yeah so 2018 they feel like they had a lot more of the from the industry in there yeah, like, Chicago Tribune. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chicago Tribune, High Dive, Funimation, Crunchyroll, uh, all your big names in the anime and the anime industry as well. Yeah, were in this thing, so yeah, they they can show off their muscles in this one. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, here we are. We're the biggest uh, Midwest con, and we're like, yep, <laughs> yep. sure is. We are. Yeah, so they had some pretty nice guests there too, and one of the so we interviewed two over the weekend. Yes, we did, and they were very nice. It was extremely fun to interview. Yeah, they were very cool. Uh, so, what, what what I noticed is they moved the arcade to the upstairs, right near, right across from the con, which is just so yeah, right above the Don Dealer's room. Yeah, which was the spot where they had the arcade for the other places. Uh, but yeah, now it's up there, and that's where they have held, held all the tournaments. They have the dance room, not the dance room, but you know what the Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. Oh, they like so. the arcade, so they could combine the two arcades kind of together. Yeah. Because last year it was in the ballroom, which the lighting effect was a little bit darker in there because it was meant for not for having like a big extravagant like an yeah. arcade such, but like at least at the upstairs part, like in Dilla's room upstairs, like where the game room was at, it shows out a little bit more of the showpiece. It's more lights. Yeah. It, it, no, it was meant for like like a section for that. I would yeah. say. Like a place for that. It was popping in there. That's why I will tell you right now. But like the where if you may ask, where was the no uh if the game room was upstairs, what we placed the ballroom. Uh well there was there was a high school prom doing that yes that weekend. Which always falls around that time anyways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So so yeah, so they they still have the board games room and all that stuff. That was in the Hyatt. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. in the Hyatt now. Uh well it's always been in the Hyatt, but now they expanded it more. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so you can go down there and get all your board games and all that stuff, and they include a little bit more VR than in this year too. Yeah, in the game room too, yeah. rather than the previous ones mm-hmm. where VR wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you can play the Vive, you can play the Oculus Rift, the PlayStation VR inside the game room, and hey, that's always fun. They also have the little towers too, oh, yeah. uh, the uh, mech inside of the arcade yeah, room as the well. The big old immersion things they have in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, so what we have right now is just a few highlights from our. Vic Mignogna interview. You know him as Edward Elric in Full Metal Alchemist, both the original and Brotherhood. Also, you probably know him as Junpei from Persona 3. Yeah. da 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 Junpei, level up. <laughs> and also, that man loves his Star Trek. Yes. Because he's he has a YouTube uh, series called Star Trek Continues. Continues. And I tell you, it's a good checkout. It's a good listen. Yeah. You can you can watch it free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He's got and the people who who ran the regular Star Trek think like yeah this is canon all that mm-hmm. stuff and that's all just fan made from him and 
you can tell from, love. from the upcoming couple, like, you know, the highlights from there. You can be like, yeah, he loves his, mm-hmm. his Star Trek. So let's check it out right now. Then we have a question I want to start off with. Well, will be the first. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I got to ask something, so. Well, I asked it. Um, I know you did work on Persona, like the series. Yes, Jim Pat. Yeah. So how? Tell me what what brings you? you no, know, what made you decide to? Uh, what attracted you to? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, if you ask almost any voice actor I know, any of the people you'll talk to here this weekend, if you ask them what attracted you to. And fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna say, "Well, I just auditioned. Like, I just wanted to act. I wanted to, you know, I auditioned because I wanted to work." Uh, most of us don't know a great deal, if anything, about anime series until we get cast in them. Occasionally, you may know a little bit about a show. You may have a kind of a general knowledge of a show, but very there are very few exceptions where, like, voice actors, like, I want to do that character in that show. It just doesn't really happen that often. Um, Plus, in a a production company like Funimation, they are working on so many projects simultaneously that voice actors just get called into audition for things, and they most likely would have no idea what it is they're, they're auditioning for until they get cast, and the director kind of fills them in on the show. And that's what the way it was with Persona. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know anything about Junpei. Uh, the company that dub- that dubbed it um, was familiar with my work, and they called me in and said, "We want you to play this character." And I said, "Great! <laughs> I love work." <laughs> and so um, I came to love the character, and I've really, really enjoyed every incarnation of Persona. But um, most of us don't know much, you know. About about series and video games and projects before we get into them. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, my wife and I just um, marathoned all of FMA Brotherhood. Oh, nice! Just recently, and um, I I watched it before, um, but she hadn't. She really liked the original. Um, so my question for you is, how was it coming back into the role role of Ed and like because it's it's different. So like. It was uh, a great thrill. I was very sad when the original was over. I loved it so much. I mean, I even made a a little live-action parody film with the other voice actors cosplaying (laughs) as our characters. I loved Full Metal. And when it was over, I was sad. I was glad that it ended strong. You know what I mean? It didn't just kind of peter out and get dumb at the end. it, It just had a really strong ending point. And when I heard that it, they were making more, I was initially thrilled. And then I got worried because the first one was so good. And as sequels often do, they, they're not good. You know, they don't come anywhere near the quality of the first incarnation of whatever it is. So I was a little worried. Um, that it wouldn't be as good. But then when I found out that it was going to follow the manga, that's a good sign. Because even during the original series, uh, all during the original Full Metal series, fans would come up to me at conventions and say, um, I love Full Metal Alchemist. Have you read the manga? 
I would say, no. And they're like, it's awesome. <laughs> so I always had in the back of my mind that the, that the manga story was really awesome. And when I heard that Brotherhood was going to follow the manga, I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's a good sign. Maybe, maybe that, that's a good omen. And it was. Most people like Brotherhood better than the original, which is, um, which is definitely a, an honor because the original was, was wonderful. So to, to struggle between which one's better, <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good problem to have. You know? Come on, ask me anything. <laughs> ask me those seedy, me those seedy questions you're, you're afraid uh, to hold ask. Hold on, Joe, go ahead. That's uh, not actually that, Joe, then that's Joe. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, do you prefer anime or video game work more? Anime. Anime because you tend to tell a better story. You know, video games have good stories, don't get me wrong. The point is playing the game. Um, whereas an anime series, you know, it's just about the story. And, uh, and I really enjoy that. Uh, I also uh, don't like to yell a lot. <laughs> and uh, there's typically a lot of yelling and fighting in game sounds in video games. And I'll do it. And I'm freaking Broly. So, uh, Lord knows, I've done plenty of yelling and fighting uh, in DBZ, but, um, but I enjoy the anime series. I enjoy a series, a, the storytelling aspect of it, and the not yelling as much part. Okay, well, you mentioned um, a little earlier about how you feel like science fiction is getting much more dystopian. I don't know how much you follow current anime. I certainly don't really follow it that much, but do you feel the same is kind of true about anime, and how do you feel the anime industry in Japan has changed over the last 20 or so years since you've been started? Wow. Interesting question. Um, I have not noticed that trend in the anime industry. I don't watch anime apart from the stuff I work on just because there's no time. Um, the stuff that I've worked on, I've enjoyed. And I get the sense from sticking my head in different people's studios at production companies and looking what they're working on that there's kind of still something for everybody, you know? They're still making funny, wacky shows. They're still making girl harem shows. They're still making... Uh, you know, bishy boy shows, they're still making scary shows, they're still making hentai, they're still making, you know what I mean, like they're still doing all of it. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know that I would be um, well informed enough to, to be able to, to chart any kind of a change in the industry. For the Japan's film industry having such a history of great directors and great actors, why do you think they have so much trouble adapting these anime series? into live action? Well, I, I, I think that the whole movie industry is a joke, pretty much. I can't believe I just said that, but, <laughs> but it, here's what I mean by that. The film industry used to be run by creative people who would make creative choices based on creative, powerful moments and storytelling. Now the movie industry is run by lawyers. It's run by financial people and attorneys who don't know squat about storytelling. That's why every movie's the same. That's why they just keep making Hulk 4 and Jetsons 3 and remake this and remake Footloose and remake this. Because the people, they're afraid to take any chances on anything new. I guarantee you they all have a, 
a pile of script ideas on their desk this high with original, out-of-the-box, amazing ideas, and they will not take a chance on it. They'll keep making the same, squeeze out the same little Play-Doh fun factory, cookie-cutter movie, formula crap, because what matters to them is just making money. And here's what's really frustrating to me. I'm sorry I'm getting on soapbox here, but I wish everybody would boycott the movies for a weekend or two. Because here's what happens. The people that make movies know that you love movies, and you're going to go see a movie. How many people have gone to a multiplex and gone, okay, what do you want to see? Like, they didn't even know what they were going to watch, but they wanted to see a movie. So somebody there is going to get their 20 bucks, right? It may be crap, but somebody's... So they know that they can, they can, they can produce this minimal effort cookie-cutter, formula crap, and enough people are going to go watch it just because they like movies that they're going to make their money. And so why work harder to make something of real quality if you don't have to? You know? If we can make... You know, they sit around with their bean counters and they go, if we can make this movie for $150 million, we'll clear $400 million. Boom. That's all they get. That's, that's literally their idea of a success. <laughs> It's not like, oh, you know, like, well, you'll get the top ten movies of all time. You know, they're like powerful storytelling and beautiful works of art. But I think a lot of that is gone now. I, I think that the people that are running the studios are financial people and attorneys who literally just, you know, they follow a formula. And, uh, and that's why you see so many of the greatest films that you see now are independent films. They're made by independent studios who are not following that that formula? Well, that is just about. No, all the time I want to talk to you more. <laughs> ask questions. Some of you didn't ask anything. Anybody have any questions? <laughs> yes. How did you get started in anime voice acting? Uh, I had been acting my whole life since. Uh, you know why? Star Trek. <laughs> Sorry, but there is a common. It always comes back to Star Trek. It is. When I was nine, ten years old, I discovered the original series of Star Trek, and I would watch it every day on a 19-inch black-and-white television <laughs> sitting on the floor in my living room. My mom and dad had just divorced. My mom and I lived in this apartment, and I would sit there every day and watch Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and, and they would tell these stories that moved me. And I, one day, I'm like, I want to do what they're doing. I want to I act these characters that move people the way they move me. And I went to school and auditioned for a school play at 10, 12 years old elementary school and then I started auditioning for you know any plays anywhere like community theater church productions anything to get to act and, and do more and more of that Star Trek started me on this acting path and then by the time I got into college I was doing all kinds of acting theater and stuff and then about 20 years ago in Houston Texas a guy said to me you have a lot of acting experience don't you and I said yeah and he said you should audition for this place. They buy these Japanese anime series and they're dubbing them into English and they need actors. That's all I heard. <laughs> they need actors. And I went and auditioned and got cast in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> Long time ago. <laughs> and I thought it was kind of a one-time thing. You know, I figured, well, that was a weird kind of a quirky one-time experience. And now I'm going to go back to writing music and producing music and video and film work which was what I was doing at the time. 
And then they called me a few, a few weeks later and said, hey, you want to do another show? And I was like, sure. And then another, and another, and another. And then I met people from other studios and started working at other studios. And I was just really fortunate to get into the anime industry when it was still very small. And since then it has exploded. And I've just been blessed enough to be involved in it. That was ADV, right? Yes, ADV Films in Houston. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah, classic. <laughs> All yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Come to my panel. <laughs> we'll talk about all the things. Check out some of those episodes. Now. Oh my gosh! Please, please, all free to watch. By the way, my wife's more of a fan. Anyways, hey, welcome back here. Mm-hmm. So yes, that was fun. He's really. He's been in the industry for a while. Yes, over 20 plus years. Yeah, and he started and off... And still rocking. Yeah, in the early days, and he just kept building up and building up on his... Um, uh, on his... IMDb page. IMDb page. Mm-hmm. He just loves to um, voice act, and, you know, he just enjoys what he does, so good he for j- him. He enjoys his work, so we proud... Um, we was, yeah. I was proud and honored for me and Joe to interview him. Yeah, so especially as such a big name as... In one of the most influential types of animes out there, which is Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist, mm-hmm. you know, and Brotherhood, of course. Yeah, <laughs> the two ones that always people are like the best out of best, ten out of ten. That mm-hmm. that one right there. And so now we have Erica Mendez, and she's been in some of the big ones too. Mm-hmm. And she's she feels like it would be a nice up and comer. Yeah, in the anime industry. Like Hunter Hunter. She's in Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. She's in uh, Agretsuko, the new Netflix show. She's in a bunch of Netflix shows actually. I just. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. She's also Akko from Little Witch Academia, which I'm like, that's so cool. She's very fun, and she's also a local Chicagoan. Like yes, that. and if you if you hear me, also I crack a few jokes in the beginning. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, and she's mm-hmm. really funny. She's cool. She's just nice all around. Yes. So let's hear a couple of highlights from that right now. Check it out. Uh, I just finished like a Gretzico like. Yes. Probably earlier this month. I really I didn't realize it was gonna be that deep of a <laughs> yeah. show. But one of the questions was, how's it working for Netflix rather than like an actual different uh, studio, like an anime studio? Um, I worked on several Netflix shows. I actually don't work with anybody from Netflix. Usually Netflix kind of lets us whatever because they work with several different recording studios. I worked with them with Bang Zoom and um, Studiopolis um, and what else? I don't know, various places, and this one was done at BSI. And Netflix kind of like, they don't really mess with the actors too much. They kind of leave us to our own devices, and, and if they have comments, they'll tell the studio itself. But I've never had to, to fully interact with them. But it was nice because they, they took a lot of care with this one because I feel like they don't promote their anime very much. But this one was different. They like went all out with it like we even had a rap party for the show and that's like unheard of with a Netflix series so that's I mean I already knew that it was going to be special because when I was working on it like you said like you didn't expect it to be that deep I thought it was just going to be like this cute show with this weird quirk of like her singing death metal and stuff but I was like wow this show has no right to be as good as it is like it's crazy (laughs) how fun this is and I just absolutely I mean maybe I'm biased but I absolutely fell in love with it and I'm really glad it's been getting the attention it's been getting, even from people who like don't normally like anime. Um, I was at the airport coming to Chicago on Saturday, and um, I have a, I bought a, a bag, like a nice leather bag of, of Retsco 
and I had it up on the counter and the, the attendant at the counter was like, oh, where did you get that from? Because I thought I saw something similar like across the way at a store and it probably wasn't anything like that. It was probably just like some Japanese style like animal that she saw. Um, so she had no idea what it was and I, I mentioned just that it was that character. And I never mentioned to people like who I am because I don't expect them to know or care because I'm like, whatever. Um, but uh, somebody actually knew the show like behind her that was also working with her so that she was telling these other like desk attendants to watch the show and like just never expected like there of all places you know just have somebody randomly tell other people to watch the show so <laughs> it's crazy like how popular it's so uh, two years ago you were you were here at ASEN to uh, promote your line April yes and then um, you also did voice work for another show called Anohana yes. with, with the same director Patrick Seitz so how does uh, doing voice work for Anohana compare to that of your line, April? Oh, man. Um, I felt a little bit more experienced going into Anohana. Uh, your line, April, wasn't like, I feel like that was maybe two years into my career doing maybe two, three years or so. But uh, I still felt very like vulnerable when it came to really emotional stuff. So it was, um, and it was my one of my first times working with Patrick Seitz, and he's a good friend of mine, but it's, I don't know if, if any of you have this problem, but I find it hard to like cry in front of people. And when I play these roles, like I sometimes legit cry, and like especially for Your Line April, because I watched it and it's so emotional. Um, even just watching the Japanese, like I got really, really sad and upset during some of the episodes. So of course, recording it, like I brought that back, and I would think about you know um, the characters' like plights and stuff, and like uh, how sorry I felt for my character Subaki and that. And I, you know, legit cried for a lot of those scenes. Um, and sometimes it would be hard to go all out, but I, I tried to the best of my ability. But for Anohana, I think at that point I was a lot more comfortable. So um, it was nice to just kind of like feel like I didn't have to hold back or like wasn't going to hold myself back, I guess, rather. And um, just like knowing how supportive Patrick is. Like, he's really great and he's a great director and, and knows how to get really good performances out of people. Um, so it was, it was really an honor that they, they let me be a part of that. Cause I mean, you never know like what roles you're going to get cast in and which ones you aren't. And I figured cause you know, both shows are Anaplex shows and you know, it was Patrick Seitz directing both of them that maybe they would have taken a break from me. Um, but they were generous enough and thought I was perfect for the part, so they let me be Sudoku in Anohana, and and I'm really glad that they did, because it's, it, she's also kind of a different character, I think, for me. She's more of um, the, like, st stoic one, whereas I play a lot of, like, energetic characters, so it was nice to kind of have that, like, that, um, that difference in personality type, as opposed to some of the other characters I play. beforehand so I, I literally do not see um, any lines until I'm there recording and I don't other than like the lines that are around my lines I don't really see a lot of the other characters and I don't know much about Berserk in general because I didn't watch it before um, I was recording for that show but 
from what I understand, I got off pretty easy. <laughs> um, Rickard doesn't have too much bad stuff happen to him. Like I think in the second season, which just came out um, on Funimation.com, they Guts gets into like this really serious battle, and Rickard's kind of there, like screaming at him because he's like, "Oh no, like don't get killed," you know all this stuff. Um, but I didn't, you know, th a lot of weird, bad stuff happens in Berserk, and I'm just lucky I didn't have to be a part of any of it, because I don't know what I would have done, you know? Because I, I get really shocked by stuff like that. Uh, like, Kill a Kill, I feel like, is the, no, well, Kakegurui was pretty intense, too. So I feel like Kill a Kill and Kakegurui, um, which is also on Netflix now, um, those are, like, my lines of, like, what I can tolerate, <laughs> and Kakegurui was almost past that line because my character has like fingernail things if you I don't know if you guys have seen it but like I get like really cooped out by stuff like that so I had to look away um but I'm sure if I was anything other than Rickard and Berserk I just I would have been like nope can't do it I can't nope can't look at it I just can't so Rickard is Rickard's a good boy <laughs> and I'm glad because <laughs> it could have been worse <laughs> And I'm gonna jinx myself too. Like they're gonna make a third season, and then Rickard's gonna be in serious trouble with Slash. Yeah. Um, so we're we're about halfway through Hunter Hunter. Yeah. Oh, halfway. Yeah. I think more than halfway. Oh, more than halfway. Um, so how has Gona, how has helped you evolve as a voice actor? When, when you did all those all those lines as Gona. Oh gosh, I feel like uh, Gona's one of those characters like Ryuko, where you know he's getting. Uh, louder and louder <laughs> as the series goes so it's it's helping me like I feel like build my voice stronger like I said I mentioned uh, like Ryuko did because I'm normally a pretty quiet person so sometimes I'm like I don't know can I scream that loud I have no idea and then I do it and I'm like okay let's, I mean, let's go again so we can do it even bigger now that I'm comfortable with it so it's nice to like know the limits of what my voice can do obviously without hurting myself um, and then since you know, a show like Kill a Kill, I've learned how to take care of my voice a lot better, so it prepares me more for Gone. Um, but I like Gone because, you know, I have spent a lot of time with him, because we've been recording that show for like two, two and a half years now, and that's the longest I've ever spent with any character, because uh, the series is like almost 150 episodes long, and um, it's just nice to see like how he evolves, because I don't think, you know, most of the shows I do are like 26-ish episodes. So characters can only evolve so much within that time, but because Gon has had so much time, it's like I feel more of a change within him than any other character I've played. So it's it's really cool to kind of go through that journey with him and and just see him kind of go from this like happy-go-lucky character where nothing is wrong and he can find the optimism in anything to this character that's like really broken inside, you know? Because um, he goes through a lot of a lot of rough stuff. So spoilers but um, <laughs> that stuff's coming soon on Toonami so you'll have to, to watch it if you haven't yet but it's really cool to just see that change I'm sad for him but it's 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 just interesting to see how how much a character can change within the span of like uh, what a hundred something episodes into it so. All right. thank you very much thank you you don't have to look far for Jane. I'm right here. Oh, yeah, this is Jane. I found my dad. We'll have some people coming in, so yeah. So there you have it. Mm -hmm. That's 
a very nice condensed version of what happened over at Anime Central in Rosemont. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to know, they used me, my sisters, as a promotional image on the Rosemont uh, blue Chain line. Stop. Yep. Yeah, and I, I just found that out way later. So yeah, you found that way later, and that picture was taken like three years ago. Three years ago, yes. When yes. I was old, Joseph. Uh-huh. My sister was Johnny. And my other younger sister was Amethyst. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you famous now. Yeah. I'm like, of all the times. Huh? Yeah. Anyways, we would like to thank them. We thank you so much once again. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we hope in the future we can continue on providing this lovely service to y'all. Yes. Because we absolutely enjoy going to ASIN every single year. And with the help from the ASIN press, they get their birthday help us with that and we're just like yes we will take on this mantle mm-hmm. every time and so with all that we like to thank eric Leitzen and sarah Leitzen. thank you guys so much you guys are the best and i'm sorry if i butcher your last name i'm just not like that so anyways everyone will see you all within the next year bye